Hi, this is Joel Johnson with another Rainmaker Evolution podcast. I'm really excited today. We're going to have a fantastic show. I have a very special guest, a guest that has had an amazing impact on me um, throughout my career professionally, and he's he's even helped me personally in some ways. And so we're going to get to that in just a minute. Um, But one of the things I, I want to really focus on today is just the fact that our world has changed. And I know we're sick of it. I'm sick of hearing about how, you know, we're all in this together and it's the new normal and all that. And, and, you know, if you're like me, I'm just, I'm a little tired of hearing that. But at the same time, whenever there's hardship, there's opportunity. Whenever there's a challenging situation, there are going to be people that rise to the challenge and other people that just get left behind. And as you guys know, in our industry, this happens all the time. And everybody plays on the same playing field, right? It's not like some guys have to deal with challenging situations and others don't. So it, it makes me excited. I felt more excited in the last six months in the business than I have in a while because, as you guys know, I've built this company that's self-managing, that, that runs itself, where I can come and go as I please. And that's awesome. It creates a lot of freedom. But at the same time, it also creates that feeling of where's the challenge? Where's the next difficult thing that I can overcome? And this year's been that. So it's been real invigorating for me. And again, my guest today will help us to leverage this situation, this time. And it's probably a window of time that's only going to be open for us for a while to just capture a massive amount of market share in our industry and show ourselves in our marketplace, in our local marketplace, in the community that we work in, to be people that are winners, to be people that are stepping forward. So with that said, um, just a quick compliance reminder that, you know, anything that I say today, anything that my guest says, you guys need to run this by your personal compliance people. We are not responsible. Advisors Excel is not responsible for anything you were to go out there and do. So um, that's my little legal uh, piece for you. And other than that, uh, we are going to get right into this version of the Rainmaker Revolution podcast. This is one, by the way, you guys are going to want to share with friends with family, with other advisors, because you're going to get a ton out of it. So introduction for my guest. Imagine getting a phone call. Okay, so you guys think about this because this has happened this year. Imagine getting a phone call from a center of influence of yours requesting that you speak on a Zoom call tomorrow to an audience of, let's say, 75 uh, of your ideal prospects. Let's pretend this is a CPA. What are you going to say? And what if you had an opportunity to be on a virtual panel tomorrow saying the same thing, talking about the same thing. How are you guys going to stand out? What if you're on a panel talking to five business owners? What would you say? And hopefully you'd say yes to both of these opportunities, but then how would you prepare for your talk? Would you be confident in the results? Would you just get up there and wing it, or would you have something in the back of your mind, or maybe even a script or what I like to call a loose script or an outline where you can go in there, be excited, and just crush it? And so using speaking, you guys all know this, we've been doing seminars forever, using speaking to grow your financial business is a fantastic skill. Some of you guys are good at it, some of you aren't. Um, We all think we're really good at it, but sometimes we're not as good as we think we are. Um, But I know from personal experience, and like I said, I met our guest six years ago, and not only did he transform a presentation that I used him for in the short term, but just it's helped us in many, many ways with all our advisors doing seminars and so on. So, um, you know, my personal experience is this guy's phenomenal. Um, Again, five years ago, it was actually six years ago, I hired Joel Weldon, and Joel Weldon is his name. We'll get to him personally in a minute. But I bought this uh, situation he had called the Ultimate Speaking System. I also had him coach me, and he had me 
And I'll just give you an idea. I don't want to say what the event is because some of you guys might know the event or remember the event. But I was in competition with three other people. And um, I'll just give you an idea of the score. The score was roughly 100 for me, uh, 7 for one of the other people, 12 for one of the other people, and 15 for one of the other people. So we're talking 100 points versus 15 points versus 12 points versus 7 points. And that was all because of... Joel Weldon. So Joel is a Hall of Fame professional speaker, 3,000 paid talks. Um, he's also got some really interesting business anecdotes. I don't know if we'll get to the uh, to the 10% rule, the LAM 10% rule or whatever. I'll have to remind Joel of that because that, that I think is awesome and I've used that a lot. And um, I tell you what, uh, Joel's been an awesome an awesome mentor for me and just an awesome thing. You guys are going to get a ton out of this. So with that, my friend Joel Weldon and I said just before I came on to do this podcast, I said I need to do a podcast uh, with a guy that's about 75 years old that water skis every day and that's in the best shape of any 75-year-old that I have ever met. And so with that said, uh, Joel Weldon, how are you today? Well, very good, Joel number nine from Joel number eight. So we need to inform our our listeners here what that means because people don't know what that means right now they're already thinking what what the heck is he talking about by the way just to back up a little bit because um, all all our rainmaker friends here on this podcast Joel they they know that um, that I can't follow a written outline to save my life so how did I do you sent me over some notes I was supposed to read I got about three sentences in and then I just was off in uh, la la land how did I do on that intro did a wonderful introduction, Joel. Thanks. And Joel number eight, Joel number nine. I mean, there's only nine Joels in the world, and you've got two of them on the phone at the same time. So to differentiate who it is, I'm Joel number eight, and you are Joel number nine. So, Joel, what I ha- thought we should do today is let's start with just h- how you got into – because, you know, people don't typically in grammar school or in junior high say, I want to be one of the world's best speaker trainers. So how did you get into this field where you've now trained thousands upon thousands of people of how to give a, a incredibly effective talk that gets the results that we want? How did you get into the field? Well, maybe before I answer that, I could just – preface it by asking our Rainmaker listener, as you're listening to this, if you would accept these three premises about speaking. And then I'll answer that question because I think the first one, this basic belief, is critical. And that is that speaking is a learned skill. Joel, number nine, do you accept that? Yes, absolutely. It's a learned skill. Number two, be yourself. Why would you try to be somebody you're not. And if you're a financial advisor in the financial services industry, trust is so important. They don't want to see two different people, somebody on a video or on a meeting or on a virtual call that's different than the person they meet face-to-face. So it's a learned skill. Be yourself. And then number three, it's all about your audience. It's not about you. It's, It's about your clients. It's whoever you're talking to That's important. And the easy way to identify that is how many times you say I and how many times you say you. So if you think about this already, Joel has been talking to you, Joel number nine. I'm Joel number eight. And I want you to focus on that. And that's what you need to do with your clients. You're a tool for your clients, and they're more interested in what you can do for them than what's important to you. Now, I wanted to answer that question, but prefaced by those three 
basic beliefs. So, Joel, would you accept those? And do you think that our listener would accept those too? Learn to yes, they, they would absolutely accept it. About your audience. No question about it. And we talked about that a lot. And, and, you know, these guys in the Rainmaker Revolution, Joel, they are in a study group with me. And, you know, we've talked for a while about, you know, quit sending out these packages to prospective clients where it talks about how great you are and how amazing your firm is and all this kind of stuff. Just stop, you know, because people want to talk about themselves. They don't want to hear how brilliant you are as a financial advisor. So that that is right in line. Um, all of that is right in line with what we've been talking about. I need to be reminded of that all the time because I think our default when we get into a difficult situation is to go inward and it really should be focused on the client. And then the other thing you said, Joel, was just being yourself is just, uh, you know, that proves out more and more the older I get, the more financially successful I am where I just have this and it has to come from a place of humility, but I just don't care what people think anymore. I just go out there and I'm just myself and it's very attractive. And I wish I could do that the way I'm doing at age 58 right now. I wish I could have done that in my late 20s and early 30s because it's, it's very attractive. I mean, regardless of what you think about President Trump, one of the things that was attractive about him and you got to get out of your own head now and just admit that he was different than other politicians, whether you're Democrat or Republican, is that he came across, he just didn't care what people thought. He wasn't hung up. He's just, it's all out there. And maybe he's a bad example. Maybe I should think of a different example, but there's something really attractive when somebody's just themselves. You know, I'm Joel Weldon and I are in a group with a fellow named Joe Polish. And Joe Polish is just what you see is what you get. He's just right out there. He's himself. Take the good, take the bad. And it's so attractive. So, so Joel, number nine, number eight, I am absolutely with you on, on the, the three items that you just brought up. Well, good. Well, remember our objective is, as you're listening to this, are you using speaking to grow your practice? Are you making videos? Are you doing interviews? Are you using the virtual media, if you want to call it Zoom today, that's the most popular, uh, communicating to more than one person at a time? Because that's all speaking and using YouTube videos, putting them on your website. You can communicate ideas so effectively if you are effective at being a speaker. And that's why premise number one is important. So the question Joel asked me, you know, how did I get started? Well, I'm the least likely person that you've ever met to become a speaker. I couldn't even lead my Sunday school class in silent prayer. In high school, I never gave an oral report. Four years of high school, Far Rockaway High School, Queens, New York, where I grew up. I never stood up in front of my... I was terrified standing up in front of a group. I was so shy. I couldn't do anything when it came to communicating with others. I was a loner. I was an only child. I had no father, raised by a single mother, poor, worked hard, went out of high school and spent the next seven years working as a carpenter in the construction industry, earning living with my hands because it was so much easier than trying to deal with people, just building things. Does that sound like a professional Hall of Fame speaker and a coach that I've coached over 10,000 speakers, everything from Kevin Harrington at Shark Tank and Vern Harnish, founder of EO, and Dan Sullivan, the founder and co-founder of Strategic Coach. That doesn't seem possible. But premise number one I asked you to accept is speaking is a learned skill. So wherever you would rate yourself on a 1 to 10 scale, if you rate yourself as a 1, that's okay. I wasn't even a 1 
when I started. And I gave my first talk in front of an audience of 17 people on September 4th, 1969. Joel, do you remember what you were like? I was 28 years old. And by the way, you said I was 75 or 6. I'm 79, just 80 next year, and I still water ski, slalom water ski, and, and spend a lot of time doing hard physical activity because keeping in shape is important. But that's a whole other subject. But when you were 28, can you remember what you were doing? Do I remember what I was doing when I was 28? Let's see. So that would have been 1990. Um, yes, uh, I was in the entertainment business. I absolutely, actually, I was on my, I was on my accidental path, unplanned, to becoming a very good presenter and a very good handler of audiences, because I was in an entertainment company where we had to go in, speak to high school students. Most of the time hostile, thinking they're way too cool from, to hear from a guy that was 10 years older than them and learn to work that audience. I had no idea that that was going to help me make millions of dollars later on in my career. But that's what I was doing. I was traveling the country and, um, and uh, working for an entertainment company. Well, it sounds like you knew what you were doing. Well, at 20, I didn't know what I was doing. So I gave my first talk at a meeting, a sales meeting. And after it was over, an older gentleman came back in. I was packing up my materials. He said, Joel, would you like some feedback on your presentation? I said, yes, that would be helpful. He said, you are the worst speaker I have ever heard in my whole life. <laughs> and I started to cry. And he yelled at me. He said, stop crying. You're a grown man. You're not a baby. I said, well, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, it's obvious you don't know what you're doing. You're terrible. But I'm going to fix you. Tuesday morning, 630 show up at Brad's Coffee Shop on Rural Road in Tempe. Well, I had left New York. I had moved to Arizona. And I was in Tempe, Arizona. And he said, come to a Toastmasters meeting. And Joel, have you ever been in Toastmasters? I have not, but my brother has, and it was life-changing for him. Okay. Well, that's what happened to me. And I joined Toastmasters September 9th, 1969, and I'm still an active member. Today at noon was our club meeting in Scottsdale, Arizona. 51 years after leaving the world of being terrified to speak. And when I joined Toastmasters, I learned that it was a skill. Five years later, I entered a speech contest, went to the world finals, and placed in the top three in the world. I mean, imagine how you would feel if you couldn't speak to anybody. You were told you're the worst speaker in the world. And five years later, out of 60,000 competitors, you place in the top three in the world. And it was written up in the Arizona Public Republic, our local newspaper here. Uh, young man places in the top three in the world in Toastmasters International Speech Contest. And then the phone rings after the article came out, and a guy named Paul Cronin, Joel, calls me, and he says, would you come and give a speech? I said, who is this? He said, well, I'm the president of the Independent Garage Owners of Phoenix. Now, remember, this was in 69 when there were garage owners that had mechanics working for them to take care of your car. And I, I said, well, sure. He said, well, we got to talk money. And I said, well, okay. And he said, how does $25 sound? I said, well, I guess that's okay. Where do I mail the check? <laughs> and he said, wait, wait a minute. No, 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 we give you $25. I said, I get $25? He said, yeah, and you got a chicken dinner. And I asked him this question, and the answer is so relevant to every one of your listeners. And as you hear this, think of you. I said, why do you want me to come and speak? He said, because you must be an expert 
if you speak. And that's the key, that when you can speak in front of a group, you automatically position yourself as a thought leader, a results leader, as an expert in your field. And if you're talking about retirement or planning for Social Security or maximizing your investments, that positions you. And from that meeting alone, 274 people asked me to speak all by word of mouth after that one meeting. And next year, I had to raise my fee to 50 bucks. And now, many years later, I'm still speaking and gotten even better because it's a learned skill. So wherever you are on the skill set level, it doesn't matter. Just start speaking and get better. Toastmasters is a wonderful place to go. And our Scottsdale Toastmasters Club has some amazing speakers. But I've been there since the first person joined. I'm the oldest member there. And I've seen them all start. And they've gotten a lot better. And that's what you need to think of. Premise number one, it's a learned skill. The more you do it, the better you're going to get at it. And you need feedback to improve. Joel, what is a trick that our – actually, let me give you a little background. So uh, many listening to you, many in my Rainmaker group here, uh, in fact, most do seminars. And you've seen tapes of my public seminars. You've seen videos, and, and you, you helped me kind of restructure that. That was a long time ago. I don't know if you remember that, at least six years ago or seven years ago. So most of the people listening uh, in our group today do those. Um, some do TV and some do radio. TV has proven to us to be incredibly effective. Uh, we buy time on TV, and I'm not talking about a half-hour infomercial like Kevin Harrington is, is so good at. I'm talking about t- typically it's a two- to three-minute segment. It looks like it's part of the news. We're trying to give some valuable information and maybe offer somebody the opportunity to go to a landing page and, and pick up a free report or a book or something like that. H- help me and I know I'm putting you on the spot here, but you're the expert, so I know you'll be able to do this. Help us sort of get in our minds the outline. If you've got two and a half minutes and you have a co-host, so there's this banter back and forth, what are, what are some of the words and the language that we can use to engage somebody, to maybe not tell them too much, to maybe not bounce around too much? I, I'm thinking of politicians that some of them are just so good at, no matter what question they're asked, they stay on message and you leave watching a politician if they're good, and you remember exactly what they said, three hours later you can remember exactly what they said. So I don't know if that's key here or not. I'm just kind of popped into my mind there. But what would be some things that would help us in these little two-and-a-half to three-minute segments? What what would be a typical question they might ask one of your rainmakers if they had an opportunity to be on television? Well, typically, usually what's happening is we're feeding a bullet, you know, three bullet points. So we're going to pick a subject like, like, you know, how to how to decide when to take Social Security. Let's just just take that one. And then I'm going to feed my co-host three bullet points. One of them is going to be, you know, should everybody wait till they're 70? Um, The other one is going to be, what about my spouse? Does that affect the timing of my benefits? And uh, the other one might be, well, what if I have the choice between taking Social Security and taking money out of my retirement? Which should I do first? And so she's going to have these little questions to ask me. So I'm setting up the questions. So I've got more control. And if I've got a really good co-host, Joel, and you've seen the people on the news, you know the people that are just brilliant and smooth and they're good at winging it and pacing so they make our guests look really good. And most of the time, I'm working with people like that. But sometimes we're not. Sometimes we really have to lead that co-host. But we're typically picking the questions for them to ask us. So we're 
if the guys are doing it right that are listening to this, they're setting this up. So it's still the anchor asking the questions, but we've set up those three areas of content. And maybe three is too many. Maybe it should be one. Maybe it should be five. Okay. Well, are you saying that it's a prepared two to three minutes, or is it going to be impromptu where they they always know the questions, or are they going to sometimes be asked questions they don't know? They're going to – we are going to feed them three bullet points okay. that they will sort of phrase into questions. All right, so why don't we just role-play this, but let's not use Social Security because you gave me too much time to think about it. So let's pick uh, – okay, ask me a question. Let's say the theme is going to be uh, retirement, planning for retirement. So what's the important thing that I need to know that a lot of people overlook in planning for retirement? That's a great question, Joel. And when it comes to retirement, you have to realize, what is the definition of retirement? Because when you think of retirement, it really means that your current source of income will stop, and you must rely on your savings, your investments, or other types of money that you have accumulated during your working years. And once you reach that point, you need enough money to make sure that you can maintain the kind of life you want. So it's almost impossible to answer that question without knowing exactly what your situation is. But as you're listening to this message, here is probably the most important thing you need to ask yourself. When do you think you're going to retire? How much time do you have? And in my experience as a financial advisor, and by the way, I'm not, my experience as a financial advisor, one of the questions when I ask people, after they have moved into that retirement phase of their life, what would you do differently? And without question, the most common response is, I wish I had started planning earlier. And that's what I do in our financial services organization, is help people plan earlier so they make the mistakes way before they are going to be a problem for them. And they, they avoid some of those mistakes that the ordinary retiree makes. So they're not dependent on their family to take care of them because they've run out of money. And as a result, they can sleep soundly in their retirement. And that's why we offer a consultation. You know, you can come in for an hour and talk to us. No cost, no obligation. Look at your situation, what your retirement needs are. And then if it makes sense, I'm going to only ask you one question. I'm certainly not going to ask you for any money or any decision. I'm going to ask you at the end of the hour, based on what we talked about. Joel, can I can sense. I cut you off for a second? Yep. So that was brilliant, right up to the time where you started doing the pitch. We so if if I'm on the news like I am, we can't go into that. Okay, good. All so right. so but but uh, so let's forget about that piece for a minute. But okay. back up. So what you did was. All of a sudden, I'm listening to you, and pictures are happening in my mind, right? It's not just words and information. You've got me thinking about you've, you, the words you're using. I mean, and I'm so into words. I, I talk to guys all the time about just one word makes all the difference in a sentence. But you had me, and I'm not even sure what you said, but you had me picturing things. You had me living this experience with you. Um, it was no longer just information coming at me. It, it was it was an experience for me. So we started with that you said you accepted that it's all about your audience, and I kept using your name through that. You know what your name is? Your name isn't Joel. Your name is you. 
And that's what you need to think of. If every one of your rainmakers would accept that, if you got that one thing out of this, that you're only talking to one person. Now, Joel, you use plural in the introduction three times. All of you out there. That's, that's plural. Whenever you use a plural, it lets the individual off the hook. So if I said, hey, you guys listening to this, maybe this would be helpful. Oh, he's probably talking to him. But if I say, as you're listening to this, since you're a rainmaker, as you're part of this program, or an answer about the retirement, it, if you're thinking about retirement so that you can make the decision, one of the things you'll learn, you, you, you. Here's my assignment for your rainmakers. When this podcast is over, I want you to go to your email, look at the last email you sent to a client, and just circle how many times you said I and how many times you said you. And you will know right away if you're making this about them or about you. And you could write a 10-page letter and never use I, me, or my one time and still have a very powerful letter that really connects with the audience. And you said it, Joel. You felt I was talking to you because I used your name, which is you. So there's a simple tool in our system called the U-Factor. Make it about your audience and keep it singular. Never say you guys. First of all, women aren't guys. I don't understand why people call an audience guys. You know, I was, it just this reminds me of something. I, I was talking to our marketing folks because I'm trying to help people do what I do because I'm getting – I like to do other stuff like drive race cars and things like that. So um, I said I said to our marketing subs, I said, if you guys just change one thing when you write letters, start the letter with the word you. That should be the – if you just fix that, if the first word of the first sentence is you or you is like if you or just you – It'll change the whole tone of the letter, and that's something I learned from How to Win Friends and Influence People. I remember I read that when I was so young, and there's a section in How to Win Friends and Influence People about writing letters, and that was the big takeaway. There was write the letter about the person, don't make it about you. So you're you're reinforcing that, and also Joel, you're reminding me of something I probably forgot a long time ago, which is I bet all the time I say you guys, all of you. Um, our listeners, you know, you and our listening audience, and you're right. It completely lets people off the hook. Um, so thank you for that tip. And like you said, I, I mean, some of these things, if it just if we just make one of these changes, it's going to increase our results by probably 50% or more. Well, you tell them that I sent you an introduction with some keyword notes, and the first thing it says is, imagine you get a phone call inviting you to speak. Who are we talking to? And that's how you should open any message. The opening of any message should never be, I am so glad to be here. Also, the introduction is never your bio, and the closing isn't, thank you for listening. And what should the opening be? It should be about you. And if you're doing a, a video, then oh, congratulations. You made a wise decision to invest your time to watch this video about how to plan for your retirement or when you should take Social Security. And what you're going to know in this message is the three most important things that the ordinary retiree never even thinks of. And you're going to have a plan of action when you finish this message, and hopefully you're going to feel so excited about the years ahead that you have to plan for your retirement. 
So now let's get started talking about what you can do now. There's not a single I in any of that. Now, I'm, I'm just making this up off the cuff because you and I haven't talked about anything that you wanted to talk about. You're just going to ask me questions. But that's a system, and you need systems in speaking just like you have systems to onboard a new client, a system on what you do with their money and where you're going to invest it. And speaking is a system. Opening, there's a system to open. How to close, there's a system for that. How to be introduced is a system. Certain things happen in a certain way, and you get amazing results. This reminds me of uh, – there's two things uh, that I learned from you. One was when you saw the tape of our, um, of our seminar, and you said, Joel, you're thanking them in the beginning, and then you're thanking them at the end. You said, yes, don't do that. that. You're the one serving them. You don't, you know, you, don't, uh, you don't thank somebody when you're giving them something. And so you said, change it to congratulations. Congratulations for being here tonight. And then at the end, congratulations for investing this time to improve your financial future. And we made that one change. And man, I hope our guys are still doing it. I need to go back and, and look at the videos of what people are doing right now. But that was huge. And, and, and I think it's such a position of strength. You're acknowledging the people who are there, but you're saying, congratulations for investing this time tonight. And that was really big. The other thing was, I remember when when you and I were crafting a talk together that I was going to give, and I, I said, well, I need to establish some kind of credibility here because a lot of these people don't know who I am. And, and But I also know Joel, talking to you, uh, I know Joel Weldon, that I don't want to go on and on about how great I am because that's just such a turnoff. And you gave me some magical words to say to show my accomplishments, and it was this, and I will never forget this. My fir the first words out of my mouth walking up on the stage was, if you would have told me 10 years ago that we would have a business with 40 employees doing $18 million of revenues, I would never have believed you. And that was just genius, Joel. I got to tell you, I mean, that's just that, that was just amazing because it gave me the opportunity to say how we've grown this business and where we're at without coming across like this is who we are because I was I was putting myself in the shoes of the audience, right? Because the audience is looking at me and I've got a much bigger business in, in most cases than they do. But it's not coming across look, like, look how great I am. It's coming across like, like as if I was sitting in the audience watching me and going, I can never do that. And I'm acknowledging the fact that, hey, if you would have told me that I'd be up here 10 years ago, I never would have believed you. I didn't think I was that guy. And, and I don't know if you want to talk about that positioning a little bit, because what I'm hoping our audience gets out of this, Joel, Joel, is the easy way out of this kind of stuff is memorize words. The hard stuff and where you're such a genius is why are we doing this? And you just went on and on about the word you, using the word you, but you told us why that is. And I think getting behind the psychology of, you know, what you told me to do when I stepped out on that stage and I said, if you would have told me, blah, 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 I never would have believed it. I mean, these are just some of the areas where you're genius. And later on in the, in the, you know, when we get to the end here, I want to give people the opportunity to, to, uh, to, to get some more information from you and so on. But maybe you can talk a little bit about um, what I just said. Well, now that, because that was about six years ago, I have an even a better opening for you. Imagine, give it to me. Imagine you woke up this morning, you looked in the mirror, and you saw somebody that had a business generating $18 million with 40 employees. And yet, just a few years ago, you had just started that business and was struggling. How would you feel about yourself? 
Well, that's exactly what happened to me this morning. Because if somebody had ever told me that I would have a business that successful, I would say that's impossible. But it's true. And the reason was I did three things that I'm going to share with you today that can help you take your business to a level far beyond what you could imagine today. Does that sound like a good plan for our discussion? Yeah, and, and there's, boy, uh, we could talk about what you just said, however long that was, 30 seconds for probably an hour about all the psychology behind that. Um, well, you're a master and, of the words. I don't get it, but I look at the results. And, and unfortunately now the one difference, because all of our presentations are virtual, but when you're in a live presentation and can watch people, now that's another thing that you can do if you want to master your speaking skills. If you're in a meeting where they have gallery view and you have 25 people on a screen most of the time on Zoom that you could watch, watch 25 people as you listen to a speaker and watch to the point where they start to lose interest, where their phones come out, where they're starting to get a drink, where they're turning away from the screen, and ask yourself, why are they not paying attention? Because whatever the speaker is saying is not relevant. But maybe there's another time in the presentation where everybody is riveted on the screen and there's no movement in those 25 people. What is the speaker talking about that's so engaging? And whatever it is, I'll guarantee you it has to do with something that they can connect to, that it's relevant to them and their world. And that was that third premise that I mentioned to you in the beginning, that it's all about your audience. And, and the greatest thing that a speaker can do, a presenter, is say something where the audience mind says, oh, that's exactly what I'm going through. Or I know he's talking to me. Or she's, she knows exactly what's going through my mind. I was just thinking of that. And that says that you are in connection with your audience, as opposed to the speaker who says, all right, let me tell you how wonderful I am, and then I'm going to allow Q&A so you can tell me how wonderful I am. Now, not that they use that word, those words, but that's how it comes over. I want to tell you my personal story. I don't care about your personal story. Yeah. And you know what, you. Joe? We, we meet people like that all the time. There's, there's these people in our business called wholesalers, and they usually represent either the big mutual fund companies or some money management firms. And I can't tell you how many times they walk in and they sit down and they go, well, let me tell you a little bit about, you know, who we are and what we do. And you're exactly right. I'm like, oh can we just skip this part? Because nobody cares. And uh, it, care if it helps you get to where you want to go. And, and, and I know that a lot of your, 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 your Rainmaker listeners are in the financial services area. And all, all a client wants is to trust you enough that you have – you're a fiduciary, that you're putting their interests above your own, and that everything you're going to do is helping them be more financially successful, to preserve the wealth they've accumulated, have it grow, and make wise investments. And, and if you can do that and you become friends like you have with so many of your clients, Joel, I know you have these deep personal relationships, but it didn't start that way. You're a tool. So all the people that I coach and work with, they don't care about me. They care, what does this guy know that can help me make better presentations so I can connect better with my audiences and be more effective as a thought leader in the space I'm working in? That's all I want Joel for. Now, if we have a relationship, a friendship, and we connect on other things, that's fine. But that's not what it's about. It's not about you. It's all about 
your audience or your clients. That's great. Joel, give us some Zoom tips. Give us some tips on, you know, we're all now doing, most most everybody on this call is doing uh, seminars online, webinars. We, we send out uh, email blasts or we do Facebook ads to get people to a meeting. Let's yep. say it's a yep. you know, live webinar, 6.30 tonight. They're going to hear about, um, you know, the, the how to avoid market volatility, blowing up your retirement or whatever the title is. And so we've got this audience showing up. 30 people are going to show up. What are the tips for that? I know you've dealt with this a lot right. this year. What are the tips for doing a great, effective Zoom call and getting appointments? Because that's what we're trying to get now when we do these Zoom seminars. We're trying to get appointments. Well, excellent question. That's so relevant today, especially for your rainmakers. First thing, eyes. Most important thing, EYE, your eyes. And the only way we're going to see your eyes is if you look in the camera. So if we were doing this podcast on a Zoom call, and, and you are asking me this question, I would look at you on the screen very quickly and say, Joel, that's a great question. And then immediately your eyes would go to the camera, not to the person asking you the question. You don't look at the screen, you look at the camera. And if you're smart, you use a separate camera mounted three inches higher than your, your eyes. So you want the camera three to four inches above your eye level so that you're looking up, not down. And sound is more important than video on a Zoom or virtual call. Let me say that again. The sound quality is more important than the visual quality. Next suggestion is because you cannot control arrival and departures. People come in late, leave early. So one of the techniques, a system, is you keep repeating the key things. Notice I've said a number of times, remember we started about those three basic beliefs, that speaking is a learned skill, and that it's being yourself, and it's all about your audience. Why did I do that? Because somebody joined us at minute 10. Somebody joined at minute 15. We're at minute 38 or whatever we are now. That's another technique. Repeat your key points from your opening. So late arrivals know what's happening. Other suggestions, since you don't know when they're going to leave, you want to always open with your clothes so that you know or they know where you're going. So one of the things you'll also have is an opportunity to talk to me if you want. We have a one-hour, no-cost obligation. I'll tell you more about that later. And you want to put that in maybe two or three times on a virtual call because if we were at a meeting, Joel, you know that people are going to stay in the room until you're finished. That doesn't mean they're paying attention, but they're not going to get up and leave. But they'll at least hear what's going on. That's not true virtually. So that's another little tip on virtual. Repeat your opening. Repeat your call to action. Don't ever end on the call to action. You never end on a call to action. You end on something with impact. You can have your call to action close to the end. So can I now mention about the call to action to come in for a consultation? Is that okay now? Yes, one, yes. Joel? Okay, so let's say, so I mentioned in the beginning that you have an opportunity. If what we've talked about today on retirement makes sense to, to you, come in and let's talk about it. And at the end of an hour, I promise I'm only going to ask you one question. We're not going to ask you for any money or any decisions in that hour. But at the end of our hour, I'm going to ask you this one question. Based on what you heard today and what you experienced, would you like to continue the discussion? And if you say yes, we'll set another appointment and start moving forward. And if you say no, 
we'll bump this because we can't really hug and shake hands anymore, and we'll part as friends. Based on that, let me tell you the story about Mary and Fred. They were listening just like you're listening. They set up an appointment. They came into our office. This was before COVID-19. And they were planning on their retirement. Neither one of them had earned more than 50000 a year. We had about seven years to plan. And during those seven years, we were able to make some wise decisions for them. Today, they have a net worth of $1.3 million. Matter of fact, I got a postcard. They're still stuck in Europe because they went to France, and now they can't come back home because of COVID-19. And basically, on the postcard, they wrote, Thank you for all your advice, Joel Johnson. You changed our life. We can live the life we've dreamed of because of the decisions you helped us make. As you're listening, that's what I can do for you. So if it makes sense, start using the three things that we talked about, and you'll make it a great retirement. Mr. Johnson. Damn, close. But the, the, the key I just gave, don't end on a call to action. I ended on a story or a challenge. So when we end, I'm, I've got 22 words I'm going to end with, Joel, so you need to leave me, when you're ready to get rid of me on this podcast, you can say, Joel, do you have any final comments? And then I'm going to close, not with a call to action, but with an idea of impact. Awesome. And that's what I'd suggest you do as Rainmakers as you're listening. Yeah, I tell you, I'm going to listen to this. <laughs> Joel, I could tell you right now, I'm going to listen to this probably 10 times and uh, make our guys listen to it. I don't do the presentations much anymore, uh, if at all. I do the TV I stuff. But around in your cars. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that was the Zoom tips. Tell us about, I love this, and it, it doesn't have to do with public speaking, but I talk to my audience a lot about being cheap. Right. I mean, there are people that would never go to Genius Network because it's twenty five grand uh, or strategic coach because it's twenty five grand. And, and we got these guys that are just cheap. And um, of course, n nobody that's listening to this right now. But let's just pretend they have friends that are just always trying to whittle down. You know, if they can buy the car for five hundred dollars less then that's a win, if they can get that contractor to remodel the bathroom and save fifteen hundred bucks, that's a win. And there's a mentality there that, to me, has been detestable for a long, long time. Um, so when you told me out there in Phoenix, when we, we got together out there, and you told the story about, I think it was Wally Lamb, or somebody's Lamb 10% rule or something like that, I was like, that's awesome. So can you tell us the 10%? Do you know what I'm talking about right now? Oh, I know exactly yeah, what so, you're so, so tell Because this is such an awesome philosophy. What I love about it is it's different. It blesses people. It makes you, you know, I always say I want to be the most profitable. Um, uh, I want to be the most profitable customer to, to my vent, to the vendors that I use, because then I will get the, the best service. And so tell us this philosophy, because I just think it's fantastic. And believe me, it will change your life when you operate this way, because you will be operating out of a, out of a sense of abundance, not scarcity. Well, I can tell it in 30 seconds, just the idea of the 10%, or I can put it in a story that you heard that would take about four minutes. G give me the story. We want the story. You want the story. Okay. Well, you mentioned cheap. We know somebody that's so cheap. The only time the drinks were on him was they got hit by a liquor truck. So <laughs> there, there are cheap people out there. So here's the story. I get a phone call one day from a man named Ted Lamb. He said, I heard about you, Joel. I want to hire you. 
uh, to do a meeting. I live in Prescott, Arizona, which is two hours north of Scottsdale, Arizona. I'm flying down to Phoenix in my jet. I'll meet you at the airport if you have time uh, this afternoon. And he gave me the time of the, the meeting. I said, sure. So I go to the private jet airport down at Sky Harbor, and suddenly I hear over the loudspeaker, Ted Lamb is landing, Ted Lamb is landing. Suddenly people are running in all directions, like the President of the United States is coming in. And sure enough, a plane comes in, private jet, and out steps this guy, and it's like they're putting out a red carpet for him. And it's Ted Lamb. And he comes into the conference room where I am, and he says, Joel, okay, tell me what you can do. So I told him a little bit about what I can do and asked him a bunch of questions. He said, all right, uh, what's it going to cost me? So I told him what it cost to hire me to be a speaker, and he said, I won't pay it. Just in that tone, Joel. I won't pay it. Now, normally when somebody says that, you, you ask, well, or you might say, well, I could lower the price, or you might start negotiating. Well, I just smiled, which is the best way to handle a price objection. I smiled and said, why not? He said, it's not enough. Now, that's not what I expected to hear. And I imagine if you were in that room, sitting there with me and Ted, and this guy says, it's not enough, you might have fallen out of your chair. And I said, what do you mean it's not enough? He said, the only way I hire people is I pay them 10% extra. And I said, why would you do that, Mr. Lamb? He said, let me ask you this. If I pay you 10% more than anybody has ever paid you, what kind of a job when you come to my car dealership? That's the first group I want you to talk to. I have hotels. I've got a jet company. I've got, a, I've got this car dealership, but they need your help. If I'm going to pay you 10% more for that presentation, do you think you're going to prepare a little more? Do you think you're going to be at the best of your game? I said, well, absolutely. He said, and that's how most people are. And that was the day I learned about the power of 10% extra. And when I went up to do the meeting, Sure enough, he handed me a check for 10% more than anybody had ever paid me. And all I thought of on the two-hour ride home was, how can I use that idea? And that's what you should be thinking right now as Rainmakers listening to this. How do you use that idea like Joel's used it, like I've used it? Well, it turned out, as fate would have it, a weed guy came the next morning to give me a price to put a herbicide down so I didn't get weeds on my desert landscaping. And he told me, it would be uh, $275, guaranteed for the year. He said, what do you think, Mr. Weldon? And I used Ted Lamb's answer. I said, I won't pay it. He said, okay, I can do it for 250 I said, no, you're going the wrong way. I want to pay you 305 or nothing. He said, why would you pay me 10% more? I said, I want you to do this place like it's yours. Whatever you do for your home, you do for my home. Well, that guy told me, Joel, he would be done by noon. Three o'clock, he was still out putting weed spray down. And now he still does our property. It's the best job we've ever had. And I pay everybody 10% extra, just like you have started, because it brings out the best in people. So now as a rainmaker, if you're planning to do an addition to your home, you're going to remodel your kitchen, 50000 bucks. What if you pick the best contract to get the best price you can, and when you're ready to do the final deal, say, is that the best price? He said, yep, 50000 bucks. I won't pay it. Well, I can make it forty-eight. No, no, I want to make it 55000 I want to pay you 10% extra. And when you pick the contractor up off the floor, you can explain to him why. And you say, I want the best job you've ever done. And I know there are things you haven't figured out in this remodeled job. 
and I don't want you to do it on the cheap. I want you to make believe this is your kitchen, not my kitchen. And whatever you do for your kitchen, do for my kitchen, and I'm putting an extra 10% in there to cover any of these unforeseen things. What kind of job do you think you're going to get on that kitchen? Or anything you're doing, or hiring an employee that wants X amount, and give them 10% extra. So that's the story of Ted Lamb and the 10%. It's a great story, and I I actually have a friend of mine at church that works for Chrysler, and he knows who Ted Lamb is, and he knew this 10% rule. He actually is completely unsolicited. He goes, Ted Lamb. I go, do you know the Ted Lamb 10% rule? He goes, absolutely. Everybody knows. Everybody in the car business knows that. So well, this is a, a uh, successful <laughs> businessman, and he says it became uh, – his success is built on that, and even in his local bank – he insists the banker charges one quarter percent more than any other person in Prescott, Arizona. I said, you pay more? He said, yes. What do you think happens when my customers come in and they have a problem at the bank? And they say they're buying a card from Ted Lamb. Oh, from Bla- okay, we'll take care of it for you. I want to be the most valuable customer they have. Do you think that quarter of a percent makes a difference to me with the kind of volume I can generate out of that dealership? And that's the way Ted thinks, and he's become super successful and a joy to work for when he always elevates your value instead of negotiating it down like that cheap guy that you were mentioning earlier. But none of those are on this call. I love it. Now, Joel, when you and I worked together, I bought a system from you. I don't know if that's still available or not. I, I will tell you it was awesome. There, there was a system. There were a bunch of lessons online, and then also um, um, some of our guys used it to improve their seminar. Can, can we still get that? Is that system still available? Yeah, can, and it's expanded tremendously, and it's the same investment, and it's also a one-time investment that keeps growing, and you never make another penny. You mentioned about joining Strategic Coach and paying every year with Genius Network. Well, our one-on-one consulting is a flat fee. It's not based on hours. It's unlimited time. And the same thing with our program. It's a one-time investment. There's no upgrade. You never pay another penny. And uh, all of that is explained on our website. And it's uh, just go to ultimatespeaker.com or just send me an email, and I'd be happy to talk to you about what's available. It's Joel Weldon. Not Joel Johnson, Joel Weldon Speaker at gmail.com. Joel Weldon Speaker. Joel or, Weldon Speaker at gmail.com. So, Joel Weldon Speaker at gmail.com and ultimatespeaker.com. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, if that system is still as quality as it was when I bought it, which knowing you, Joel, I'm, I'm sure it's improved, it's just, I can't tell you how, I mean, my guess is we've generated. Well, maybe over $3 million of revenues just just from changing some of the basic things. And you know me. I've got the attention span of a, of a flea here, Joel. So, you know, when I go to – when I look at training materials and so on, I sit down and I go, okay, if I can just get one thing or two things but absolutely follow those things verbatim, it's going to be huge. And, and that's how I operate. Most of the people on this call – you know, Joel, are, are much better at I am than implementing things. So, well, um, so One th- other thing I should say, uh, since we have some time uh, before this comes out, why don't we do this? Why, why don't we make any, any of your Rainmakers, and that'll be the promo code, Rainmaker. If you're a Rainmaker and you want to invest in yourself 
in the ultimate speaking system and quick start and and normally it's a 2997 investment you can get it at half price 1500 bucks one time and it's yours that's that's half price if you just will put a special promo code in there and the promo code will be rainmaker and awesome. that's just for your 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 listeners for this podcast today Thank you, Joel. That means a lot. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. We can. Well, this has been a wonderful nice experience with you. But remember, I got twenty-two words when you're done with me. So give me the three things again that you've said numerous times. I, I love the way you just sort of when you listen to Joel, listen to these things that he's doing that he's not telling you he's doing, but he's doing them constantly throughout. He's anchoring back to the things that he wants you to remember. So when you remember listening to this podcast tomorrow you're going to go back and you're probably going to remember the key things that he wanted you to. Why? Because just naturally in the course of a conversation, he's going back to these key things. So, Joel, give us the three things again and then give me that story. The three things are, number one, that being an effective speaker and a communicator is a learned skill. Just go out and do it. If you want to do videos, just do them. They're not going to be great in the beginning, but you're going to get better at it because you're smart and you know how to make adaptations. Second thing is, and this is so important, be yourself. And if you're not exciting and, and dynamic like Joel is, just say that. Hi, uh, this is Fred Smith. I'm a financial advisor. And by the way, uh, some people call me boring. Uh, I'm, I'm not, well, I don't think of myself as boring, but I, I understand my picture under the dictionary shows me. So other people think I am. But I don't show my excitement on the outside. Inside, I'm very excited to be here with you today, even though it doesn't show. So please accept that as, as my understanding that, that I am excited about these ideas on retirement, but it doesn't show. Can, can we continue that? Is that all right? Good. All right. Well, my wife and I married 27 years. She slapped me on our first date. Uh, I wasn't fresh. She just thought I was dead. <laughs> So hopefully I won't die on you on this podcast, but you'll get some good ideas on planning for your retirement. All right, so that's being yourself. If you're if you're dull and boring, and I have a whole thing in our system about it's called boring bot, and that was an introduction that I used to introduce the probably the most boring speaker you've ever heard in your life. Third thing was aside from it's a learned skill, be yourself. It's all about your audience, and that's when I gave you that assignment to look at your email. And count how many times you said you and how many times you said I. There's nothing wrong with saying I. You can say I, but make sure you put the U's in there. And you should have more U's than I's. And those were the three things that we kept repeating. That's great, Joel. So how do you want to how do you want to close this out for us today? How do you want to give us the uh, give give us the Joel Weldon special here at the end? Well, if you, if you would ask me this question, if you were to summarize everything you've learned in 46 years of professional speaking, 3,000 paid talks, coaching over 10,000 speakers, how would you summarize that in one sentence? Oh, I just heard the question. We don't have to repeat it. Thank you, Joel, for asking me that question. So let me answer it in 22 words. And this is on page 148 of the toolbox you'll get with our system. And here are the 22 words. Speak to your audience about what they need in an organized way they can follow and get yourself 
out of the way. Awesome. Joel Weldon. You, Joel, it's all about them. So that's the 22 words to think of. Joel, this has been fantastic today. I appreciate it. I can't wait to get back out there to Phoenix to see you. Um, I intend to be out there as soon as possible, and um, uh, maybe I can even get out and, and show you how to water ski a little bit. I'm just joking. Ah, I'm, I'm ready. I'm, uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure you can show me a few tips or two, but thank you. This means a lot. This is going to help uh, help us all a lot, and I appreciate it, Joel. Have a great day. Stay healthy, and hope to see and you make soon. It, make it a great day, Rainmakers and Joel.